If you're looking for insight into the vast world of information security, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the InfoSec Sync podcast, the only top-rated information security podcast committed to helping you enhance your cyber skill set. Listen in on conversations with world-class information security thought leaders, subject matter experts, authors, and more as we exchange ideas, best practices, and discuss the latest trends, threats, strategies, and solutions for your success. So get ready to get in sync with your host, Nick Thomas. Ron Gula, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Nick. Thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to chat with you today. All right. Thank you for coming on and giving me the opportunity and the time. Um, I know you're a very busy guy. First question I want to ask you is cybersecurity, right? How did you get into cybersecurity? What path led you there? And what path led you to where you are today with your company and foundation? So I definitely grew up as, as a geek, right? Playing video games, building computers. My first computer was an Atari 400, had an IBM PC Jr. It was always hands-on, you know, doing stuff. But I went into the Air Force to, to fly and it didn't really work out for me. And I said, gee, let me get back into computers. And I was doing Air Force communications and computers. And I said, I really like UFOs. And I had read the book, The Puzzle Palace, and also the, the other book called The Cuckoo's Egg. I said, I want to go to the National Security Agency. So I you know, did a couple different tours in the Air Force, uh, worked at the uh, National Security Agency as my last tour in the Air Force. And I've been in cybersecurity ever since. But anybody who's been around knows that the term cybersecurity wasn't really used until like the early 2000s or so. So when I was in there, it was information warfare, information operations, CNO, compliance and audit. And uh, so I've been in that ever since the mid 90s. Awesome. So Information assurance, uh, masters of science here. So that was before the cybersecurity uh, term there. Um, one one of the other questions I wanted to to ask you about. So your Atari 400, right? So I had an Atari 800. Mm-hmm. I love that little machine. I I, I believe the one G, uh, the Atari 400 had the uh, the flat keys, right? Had the membrane keys. Had the membrane right? keys. They, they, so you can, so you what, can wipe the Coca Cola off of the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. So so what did you love doing on that? Were you programming basic on that? I believe it or not, I I had a because uh, you couldn't unless you had bought like the the tape storage. Like yeah. when, I, when I say tape, I mean the the audio cassette tape, right? Right. Uh, unless you had one of those, you really couldn't couldn't save anything. We didn't have disk drives, you know, back then. So I would literally carry the video games to play around. I'd also have visual, or not visual basic, basic. And I could actually remember going to friend's house, popping in the baser cards and writing like the Worms game, where you could do like Tron uh, light bikes, where you had the light light trails yeah. and, and you could code that. I mean, I mean, back then coding something like that was only 1,000, 2,000 lines of code. So it's like memorizing a song almost. And then you had to record it to tape so you didn't lose it. That's what was so cool about that or, or slow about that back then. Oh, yes. So uh, you went in the Air Force, you're, you're doing some programming, you're the man that created the Dragon IDS, Nessus Scanner, you created Tenable. So where are you now in your career? Well, so Dragon, you know, came out of necessity. I was working in uh, one of the first cloud companies and, and uh, you know, Linux was something brand new and I, I really wanted to have something that used Linux that was, you know, you could track packets and sessions and evasion and all the kind of things that uh, that go with intrusion detection. When we did Tenable, though, 
you know, I, I didn't write Nessus. Uh, one of our co-founders at Tenable, Renaud Derrison, uh, he was the author and uh, creator in Nessus. And uh, it was sort of the opposite of intrusion detection. Intrusion detection is detecting, you know, bad things happening on your network monitoring. And then Nessus was like the opposite. It was detecting all the bad things that could happen, all your vulnerabilities, all your weaknesses. And uh, it was great going from one end of the spectrum to the to the other. Well, your company has really created a, a good uh, scanner, so much so the DOD took it in. Um, the DOD, of course, calls it ACAST that everyone knows about. Um, where are you now with your foundation or company? So when we left Tenable, uh, both uh, Dragon was Network Security Wizards and Tenable. Uh, my wife worked there. She was uh, ran a lot of the different operations. I actually worked for her at the first company, and she ran almost every job except coding at uh, at, at Tenable. So we ended up leaving, uh, you know, a couple of years before they went public, and we started Gula Tech Adventures. And we didn't know exactly kind of what we wanted to to, to do. We knew we wanted to put you know, a lot of the capital that, uh, that we've been able to kind of, uh, let's just say amass over the years, you know, we wanted to put it to, to, to good use. So we tried a lot of different things. We tried some seed investing. We tried investing in other, other funds. We tried a lot of uh, nonprofits, a lot of charities. And, you know, really what we ended up on is a, is a strategy where we're, you know, pretty much focused on cybersecurity. We are trying very, very hard to make sure the right technologies are being funded. And we're also trying to make sure that more people are coming to this industry. And when you're singularly focused like that, and you have the same message to a politician, a fund, uh, a, a, an interviewer such as like this, or a young girl, you know, who's trying to join the, this, it's, it's kind of a lot of fun to, to basically, you know, live out something that, uh, that, that you're trying to work on. So. We have the Google Tech Foundation, which uh, does cybersecurity nonprofit uh, competitive investments, which is a little bit different take in the foundation. And then we have our venture capital thing where we've done probably, uh, I think right now we're about, about 30 direct investments, but we've got another uh, you know, handful of funds where we're uh, investors in those funds, and those are cyber funds. People here in uh, Maryland like Interloop Capital, people out on the West Coast like ForgePoint, uh, people here, uh, just right next to my house in Fulton, Maryland, you know, data tribe. So we have a really interesting perspective on the problems that uh, need to be solved, the technologies that need to be created, and uh, you know how we need to talk to kids and people to get more people to join this career field. Infosec Sync is brought to you by Excelio. Excelio provides economic, end-to-end cybersecurity threat detection and response solutions designed for your team, environment, and security objectives, providing packet-level visibility across your network. Visit them on the web at Excelio.com. That's A-X-E-L-L-I-O.com. Tell me a little bit more about the uh, foundation. So we had, we had been... You know, I, 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 you know, we've been generous. You know, we've we've, we've given to, to people, but there wasn't, I would say, a strategy. We, we we try to invest in companies and nonprofits that we really feel that we can help make a difference. But you kind of learn a little bit. You learn a little bit about how organizations organizations work, what their goals are, and what what success looks like. So after a while, you know, we really said we wanted to be very purposeful about various problems and opportunities really you know in cybersecurity. Uh, one problem, I mean it's not it's not news, right? We have a, a lack of diversity you know in the cyber career field. And 
you know, we didn't want to, I, I don't want to say just or anything like that, but we, we didn't want to do something that was generic, you know, like, like increased diversity. That's, that's great. But unless you can put something really out there to measure that, it actually means a little bit different to, to, to different people. So the first thing we decided to do was have a competitive uh, grant process. So uh, the, the first competitive grant process we did was to nonprofits who focused on increasing African-American engagement in cybersecurity. And we were very purposeful about those words. We actually lamented, is it, you know, is it, is it, is it black? Is it African-American? Is it African-American kids? You know, and we just decided it's, it's engagement. And the engagement, you know, we, we were wide open with that. We got submissions, uh, applications, if you will, uh, from people who wanted to go and maybe focus on African-American veterans getting out of the military, right? Not kids, you know? Then we had other ones who wanted to do uh, children, you know, K through 12. Uh, we had people who wanted to focus on retraining, like certification type types of types of there. But anyway, we gave out a million dollars. We had a uh, uh, three awards given out. Uh, one of them was the Black Cybersecurity Association, the Women's Girls Security, and another one was uh, was NPower. And I would just refer to anybody who wants to learn more about these organizations to gula.tech on the website. And we, then we did a second uh, grant, also a million dollars, for general uh, awareness increasing of cybersecurity. And we really pushed something from our, our from Gula Tech called Data Care, where we really wanted to broaden the term cybersecurity to everybody. So senior citizens, kids, uh, my mom and dad, just people who are outside of this industry. And we tried really hard to uh, to increase the number of recipients. So even though we gave a million dollars, we didn't have three winners. We actually had eight winners. We had three winners and four, seven, three winners and four runners up. And uh, there are a lot of different programs out there. We had um, uh, the National Cryptological uh, Foundation, kind of associated with the with the NSA. They they were a winner. Uh, we, we had a whole bunch. Now, again, I would just refer people to go back and and if they want to get involved, feel free to. Get, most of these organizations, you know, we're not funding them. This is a one-time grant. We're trying to get the public aware from them. And there's just some amazing numbers out there. Uh, so, for example, um, uh, Theorem uh, Media, they make uh, almost those uh, those cartoons that we grow up with about, you know, the bills and how, how government works. They're, they're making these really interesting uh, videos that teach people about cyber uh, cybersecurity. So there's a whole bunch of stuff like that out there. And we're going to plan one more. Uh, event this year. We haven't announced it yet, but we're going to do one more before 2021 is over. I love that you're giving back to the uh, cybersecurity community, especially for um, minorities and, and women, because it, it seems that, and this goes into the data care that we're going to get into, um, women sometimes automatically deselect themselves just because of words. You, you know, the word cybersecurity can be scary or uh, some sort of technician. And um, the Data Care Act of 2019 came out, and, and you're very vocal about that. Um, I know parts of it are similar to the GDRP, where it, it says that an online service provider will, will, will secure individual ident identifying data and in form of a, of, of a breach. So give uh, my listeners and viewers a take on Data Care as it relates to you. So we purposely stole from the healthcare term. Uh, if you if you go back if you're you know I'm in I'm in my uh, early 50s if you go back to when 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 you were young you didn't have like WebMD and you didn't have 
people who wanted to be a, 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 a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a physician's assistant, a doctor, the resident surgeon, right? We didn't, we didn't have all that, right? You were either a doctor or, or, or you were a nurse, right? And of course, the world kind of moved on with a lot more sophistication. And, and right now in cybersecurity, we really only have doctors. Like you're not anybody in cybersecurity unless you've worked at this NSA, did offense for the CIA, got 13, you know, certifications and stuff. And that becomes very intimidating to yes. anybody who wants to join the career field. And let alone if you're a minority and you don't look like the people that are in that, that career field. So we, we said, let's talk about this term data care. And the we is my wife. So Cindy kind of came up with this. We were having coffee one day and we were talking about how can we really broaden, you know, get engagement. And and yes, there's that data care bill, and we reference the data care bill, but we talk about data care as really two main things. We want personal responsibility. We want everybody to realize that they have a role in this, whether when they're buying a product, choosing a password, you know, even giving advice about careers. And then the second thing is the careers piece. Right now, there is this dearth of information for guidance counselors. With you know, we don't have a top gun of cybersecurity that kind of teaches people what 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 this career is, and and we want to really have the cybersecurity community be a lot more open and tolerant. And when I say tolerant, I'm not talking about diversity because most people I'm dealing with aren't racist. They're they're not sexist, right? I mean, there's threads of that, there's stories of that, but most people are like, look, we need help. We can't hire people. We can't, we can't get these people. What I'm talking about is we need to make sure that when they land in cybersecurity, we don't expect them to go become a PhD overnight, that we give them a path, we give them a career, we give them guidance about what it means to be in this industry, whether they're working at a major bank or, you know, doing research for a, uh, a cybersecurity company. So that's data care. And if, if anybody wants to steal that, take that, expand that, please do. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I like that term that you're using data care. It sounds better than cybersecurity. And you're right. Everyone should, everyone has a piece in it. You know, everyone's got smartphones now. They need to learn how to lock down their smartphones. Now you're a smartphone, smartphone technician, right? That's a, that's a, another term, but uh, I digress there. So uh, next question, your portfolio companies that you have, um, invested in right there's there's tons of ransomware i mean i think this is the year that ransomware has been recognized as as the biggest threat right so a, lo a lot of things out there about cyber hygiene uh we hear terms like threat hunting and hunting the adversary so tell me a little bit more about that the the way we we go about it is we are trying to invest from a cybersecurity point of view in two different areas we want companies where the technologies and the applications they bring forth do more things like secure by default. We also want to invest in hunting and hygiene, but bring that into new areas and new, they maybe either change the cost of those things or bring it to new markets. I'll give you a couple of examples. So Huntress, Huntress Labs was in the news recently. They found the, the, the big re-evil, re re-evil, I've heard it said a lot of different ways, right. uh, but they, they basically found that because they focused on the managed service provider market. I mean, they literally are the fire eye of the managed service provider market. So no wonder they were able to find this kind of stuff. They are basically doing, you know, amazing hunting of, of uh, footholds, of ransomware, of all that kind of stuff. I'd, I'd put their stuff up against any other company out there, but it's not 
anything that 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 it's like it's not like a huge breakthrough the breakthrough is that they got thousands of msps to give a damn about better security for their customers and and that's the breakthrough right so of course they're they're, they're doing really really good there and, and 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 whatnot but if you compare them to another company in our portfolio let's talk about like rack top systems or or high side or secure circle these are three different companies that can take petabytes of, of data and secure them in such a way that if you got ransomware, it would be protected. Now, they're a little bit different, right? So Racktop is a, uh, a large enterprise, you know, cloud data center, you know, big disk, different, different ways of deploying, you know, large enterprise data management so you can handle petabytes of, of, uh, of, of data. Secure Circle is a desktop encryption company and people kind of throw up in their mouth when you say desktop encryption this is the slickest desktop encryption program that i've ever seen we we use it at google tech and and if you steal any of our files they're they're encrypted by but you know by default it's it's really interesting and then high side is this really interesting company highside.io is the, it is a single application that combines sharing of data so you have sort of a dropbox you know, network share type of thing, secure chat. So it's sort of a Slack kind of kind of competitor, but then it also has, you know, video and voice aspects to it. And it's purpose built to do it on top of a protocol called BitMessage. So it's the only really true end-to-end -end encrypted, uh, you know, collaboration system out there. And uh, so anyway, there's th those three different approaches to that are part of our secure by design type of, of uh, Again, anybody can go to gula.tech, see the full portfolio. You know, if you're a CISO, uh, you know, if, if I met you when, 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 when I was running Tenable, you know, the answer was eventually going to be vulnerability management. But the interesting right. thing is, as a investor in so many different uh, companies, the conversation is really about the problems you're trying to solve that you haven't solved yet, or, you know, technologies that you might not be aware of. So it's it's always fun to, uh, to to pitch what you're what you're investing in. Talk about putting putting about money where your mouth is. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> so Ron, all these companies have some secret sauce that you saw in all of them. What is your advice for up and coming startup cyber companies? A lot of what we try to to look for is is clarity in in what the company's doing. Uh, a lot of times I have these real basic questions. I have something called the five slide pitch deck where I say, what problem do you solve? You know, how do you solve it? You know, can you show me any proof at all? You know, if you're gonna raise money, what are, you, what are you gonna do with the money? And then what's your vision of success, right? So just Google, you know, Google a five slide pitch deck. And all of our companies can answer that question in the different, different variations of, of level. We even do it for, you know, for Google Tech Adventures. But a lot of times, you, we, you'd be surprised how often somebody pitches us and we're 15, 20 minutes into a conversation or we're 10 slides into a 30 slide pitch deck and I still don't know what problem you know, they're solving or even how they solve it. Or sometimes they pitch you the how they solve it but they don't talk about the problem you know, that, 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 that they're solving. Those are all red flags for you know, what does is, what, what is success for that company look like? And that last question is a tough question. It, it really is. And a lot of times people would say, hey, this is my first time being a CEO. I'm happy to, you know, get get a couple acquisition offers or get to my first funding round. That's a lot of honesty. We, we can we can transparently look at, at at something like that and help those founders, you know, do those things. You know, sometimes they say, "Hey, Ron, I want to do what you and you and Cindy are doing," 
And, and that's cool too. It's, it's, uh, we want to create this cycle of entrepreneurship, especially on the East coast where we don't have that, you know, even though venture capital started, you know, here and, 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 and here, but it, you know, we kind of view Silicon Valley like that, having that repeat entrepreneur ecosystem where you're starting your next company while you're investing in two others. I mean, that's what makes America, uh, America great. But a lot of times, all those five questions, if they can't answer that stuff, we probably can't get something done. Of course, ethics, you know, does, is the CEO a likable person? Is the founder a likable person? You know, do we believe the technology is defendable? Of course, those are all sort of details and, and, and very important. But uh, I, I, I'm, that's the kind of way we look at this stuff. All right, Ron Gula, excellent information. I want to thank you for your time today. And thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync. That's it for this episode. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And as always, thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync.